You're listening to Guys on the Sideline Podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience, but they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Hey everybody, welcome to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 7. That almost sounded like the This is Jeopardy guy. Do you remember that? It did. Yes, I do. Yeah. is Jeopardy. What happened to that guy? Is he uh, still saying that? I don't know. I don't know. This is almost, almost as big as Jeopardy. This, okay. though, as we mentioned, is episode 7 of the Guys on the Sideline, the fastest growing podcast in the nation. We okay to say that? North that of the Jordan River. North of the Jordan River. We'll take that. Mm-hmm. I am Jeff, joined by Chris. Chris, hello. How are you? Hi, Jeff. I'm doing really well. Are you doing really well? Yeah, I'm doing really well. It was uh, after uh, mostly a, a season of terrible disappointment and despair. Uh, there's a whole lot of good news in one weekend, so we'll get into that. <laughs> okay, today we are talking Utah Utes, which is one of the things I believe you're referencing. Indeed. Uh, Pac-12 South champions, so we'll break that down. Also a big game up on the hill this weekend, BYU-Utah, the rivalry game. Uh, we'll yes, make some sir. predictions. We'll talk about that. Uh, another game I think you're referencing, and uh, for those that listened last week, the era, the mighty, let's let's say that again, the mighty Arizona Cardinals hosted the, what do you want to call them, the struggling Oakland Raiders? <laughs> Sarcasm on mighty, I, I think if that you would be the show. The, uh, the best college football team in America, <laughs> the Oakland way, Raiders. Way to go, John Gruden. John Gruden. Derek, dude, where's your car? He's losing the locker room. He's trading the entire locker room. He is trading the whole locker room. So we'll talk uh, NFL, uh, Raiders, Cardinals. Um, not a lot of people are talking about that, but we will talk about we it will. here. You're um, welcome. Then I think we're uh, we're going to talk a little NBA, the Utah Jazz. They go out and blow it up one night, beat the best get, of the NBA, and then they get, what, get they blown out. 50 points, I think they lost to Dallas a couple of weeks. 50 points to Dallas, 26 points to, to Indiana. Yeah. Indiana is a better team, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, not too good. Which team is going to show up? Who knows? So, uh, and then we'll also have our George Costanza pick of the week. So we'll uh, tease that right here. But uh, you ready to get started? Let's do it. Let's jump right in. So Utah Utes, uh, set the stage for us, Chris. What's your thoughts? Uh, big, tell you. big, huge win. Let's go ahead and rewind the, the clock, box. Jeff, just a couple weeks here um, to, I guess it would have been two weeks ago. Uh, we're in the fourth quarter against Arizona State University. Uh, we have our backup quarterback back in. Uh, he throws an interception. We get blown out in that game. Uh, then we come to find out in the following week that we've lost our uh, prized running back, Zach Moss, for the rest of the season. And so we're looking down the barrel of maybe an 0-2 finish to the year and uh, going out of the, the season with a whimper. Well, lo and behold, sometimes, somehow, some way, we find a way to pull out a win against the Ducks, who I'll get into that in a minute, but uh, they're a bit of a hapless team, um, though I have much love for them right now. Um, then, you know, go on the road to Colorado, um, beat a team that, that really didn't look like they were that invested emotionally in it. But, wow, I, it just goes to show, ladies and gents, 
that um, <laughs> the statisticians, the eggheads, the the predictors of these things um, can't always be trusted because who would have thought that Utah would actually be able to pull this off? Now, we did, to come back to the Oregon Ducks, we did have to have them lose uh, – or pardon me. They, we had to have them win and beat ASU uh, on the same day that uh, Utah beat Colorado. That game was just a comedy of errors. Oregon had four turnovers in that game. They had that thing absolutely in hand. They uh, they stop um, ASU from converting on a two-point conversion and then go back down the field and then promptly turn the ball back over at midfield. Throw a, There's a deflection interception. Every Utah fan's heart in the nation stopped. stopped. The that happened. Absolutely. Thinking this thing's over. It's done. Well, ASU takes the field. You know, makes a play or two, starts moving the ball. You're thinking it's over. They're gonna they're gonna kick a field goal and win this thing. Lo and behold, strip sack. Manny Wilkins loses the ball midfield, and I can't, I can't even really fully describe for those Utah fans who have been clinging for dear life the last few years, to only to have narrow defeats in each season. It was hard to believe what I had just seen, and uh, wow, we, we're gonna win the South now. It's not the most prestigious year to win the South, and we can talk a little bit more about that. But let me just make one final point, and this is the essence of guys on the sideline, this type of observation. Let's hear it, Chris. If you don't already believe in what's known as sports karma, this is the circular circle of life of sports fandom. Things go really well for you, they go terribly for you, go well for you again. It's a balance, right? Yeah, it's a real, a real thing for now, sure. Now, let me take you back a couple years ago when Oregon came to town. Um, this was the year, I believe it was Helfrich's last year. Um, he was on his way out. There was a desperate Oregon team. Utah controlled its own destiny heading down the home stretch. We only had to beat Oregon and, uh, you know, I think Colorado and, and maybe one other game and we were going to be done. South champions um, during an even better year. You know, it was a year that you had, you were, you were playing against Sam Darnold, USC, um, UCLA wasn't quite as bad as they are now, things like that. Well, who but Darren Carrington at the very end of that Oregon game beats us by a sliver of grass in the back of the end zone. Utah fans know this play. I remember that. Just a, a sliver of grass. Well, fast forward Sports Karma. I'm telling you right now, fast forward to that ASU game, that two-point conversion, the ASU receiver's foot just out of bounds. I mean, uncanny. They end up losing that game by two points to Oregon of all teams. By inches. By inches. Or millimeters. I'm telling you, how do you def- deny the insane... Sports karma. Yeah, sports karma. Now, I was looking through all of of the top local media guys to look for a reference to that. I did see one. Shout out DJ James. Had one on his Twitter profile. Way to go, DJ. Way to go, DJ. But I'm telling you. It's real. That karma's real. I don't know how else to say it. We were due for one. We got one from Oregon. Well, congrats to the Utah Utes. Finally, Kyle Wedding- Whittingham gets it done. And to your point, I don't know that this is the best year. No. It's not the ma- mighty South. There's uh, USC's down. UCLA's Oof. way down. Oof. Arizona. Arizona. Man, not good. Arizona State. You referenced them earlier. Coached Mediocre. by our favorite Herm Edwards. The Herm. You play Terminator. the game. Yes, sir. Um, but a win is a win. And I it think is- uh, Kyle and Title's team a title. will definitely uh, take that. Uh, Jason Jason Shelley stepping up big. To your point, stepping up. Huntley and Moscow down. The likelihood of Utah winning this, you, you think it's over. It is absolutely over. This is where, as a, as a bigger NFL fan than a college football fan, I look at it and say, okay, if my team is sucking it up and losing, at least we're going to get a good draft position. Right. We're going to be in the hunt. We're going to be able to make make things uh, better, make things right. 
college football, that doesn't not so do, much. doesn't matter, right? Not so much. Nope. So anyway, big shout out to the Utes. Huge, huge um, win. Big monkey off their back. They were the only South team left that hadn't won it, hadn't won the South. Um, hopefully they're not you know, pre-celebrating too early because they got a, sh- a shot to win the whole conference, which would be yeah. fantastic. They'd yeah. be the only, the second team since it became the Pac-12 from the South to win the entire conference so if they could do it. So you're thinking they potentially face off against Washington, the, Washington State? Yep, the, a- the Apple Cup, that's going to be de- okay. the, what determines the, the North winner. That's a tough game for them and an emotional game. Who would you rather face you know? as, a, as a Ute fan? Would you take I, I said earlier, I, I think we match up a little better against Washington. I know that sounds crazy, but last year we should have beaten them except for some bad calls toward the, the end of the game by Whittingham. This year, just a really hapless um, offensive effort on our part kept us from being in that game. But really, we, we held them in check pretty well uh, defensively. I'm going to actually say I think I'd rather see Washington. I think people might disagree, but we do not line up well against Mike Leach offenses. They always shred us up. And yes, Jason Shelley's been Jason Shelley's been lighting it up and been playing pretty well lately. But can we just really depend on him to put up 35 points which is for sure minimum what you're going to need to beat Bazu. Not sure. Not sure. So Chris, I hate to um, to throw out George Costanza yet again. Some are going to think there's a bit of an obsession. Yeah. But I tell you, I saw this last week that Mike Leach. Did you know this? Has a portrait in his office. You know the famous George Costanza. Yes, the art of seduction. To, right. The art of seduction episode. Right, where he's taking pictures for his photographer. Yes. Um, or, or for the developer, I should say. Um, anyway, Mike Leach has that portrait hanging in his office. George Costanza and Mike Leach's head is over George Costanza's head. It's beautiful. Uh, that is a beautiful thing. He's known as the pirate of the Palouse, and uh, he's never any. He's nothing short of completely entertaining. And I just wish I were in his press pool. <laughs> all I'm going to say. Okay, quickly, let's shift over. Utah has a big game this weekend. It's a very interesting game. You're bringing in your arch rivals. Team down team, south. Team down south, BYU. Former Sorry. assistant Kalani Sataki brings the Cougars into town. They've had an interesting season. Uh, Indeed. Teams like Wisconsin on the road and then dropped ones against uh, I can't remember who. Um, Northern Illinois. Oof, that was an ugly one. Um, Cal. Cal. Just a couple of games. They they definitely Some clunkers. Um, play play Boise won, State pretty tight. Yeah, you know that wasn't okay. a blowout. Um, interesting so, game. So so listen, the rivalry game. You can have a team that's way better than the other, heavily favored. Rivalry game has a way of uh, neutralizing all that. Right? No question about so it. So let's let's uh, make some predictions here. Maybe maybe some scores, and uh, we have the ability to go back and edit. So if these are way wrong, we might do that. But no, we'll, we'll keep these here. Um, who do you like in this game? And uh, throw out a score for me. I, I still I'm gonna have to go with my Utes, but I'm not as as completely abundantly and obnoxiously confident about it as most Ute fans out there, especially on Twitter. I think that Utah's going to win, but I think it'll be a, a sort of a moderate, modest kind of effort. I'm going to go ahead and go with a score of 24 to 13 on this game. I think it's okay. going to be, you know, and BYU will be in the game, I think, through quite a bit of it in, in stretches. I think that they, look, this could make their season. They could snap a seven-game losing streak. They could beat the Pac-12 South champs at home. They've got to be licking their chops a little bit. Now, that's not going to do the job in and of itself. They've still got to make the play. I, I'm not sure. Zach Wilson, although I think he's got a bright future, I think he could end up being a good player. I'm not sure that he has enough around him to make more than just a couple plays, which I think he'll make. They'll put up some points. They'll score. But uh, I think we're going to win, but I don't think it's going to be the 65 nothing blowout. Watch for Jason Shelley in this game to have a little bit of a, a I don't know if I want to call it a step back. I do think he's going to throw a 
at least a pick or two. That's my prediction just based on he's had several go-through hands in the last couple weeks and you know hasn't been afraid to throw the ball, which has been great. But I can see him making a couple turnovers and mistakes, keeping this closer than it otherwise would be. But I think too, Utah's just got too much. Yeah, I, I think the depth that Utah has will really um, show through here. Um, here's the interesting thing, though, I think about this game. Does Utah need to win this game? Absolutely not. Uh, do they want to win this game? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think they want it, but I, I don't know that they open up the playbook. I know we're way into this season, but uh, it'll be interesting to see how this game is coached. I do think Utah wins. Um, I would say something like 34, maybe 17, somewhere in that. So so a similar point spread that that you have. I, I think they'll win um, decisively, but it'll be, it'll be close. I mean, yeah. closer, not a blowout here, but uh, I, I yeah. think Utah will demonstrate that they're the better they'll, team. BYU will, will zero in, I think, on the running game. They'll do what they can to stop them. Um, you know, so we'll see if they can kind of make a push, um, you know, on the defensive front and, and get you know behind the line of scrimmage and, and wreak a little bit of havoc there. The thing, though, that I'll say, and, and you kind of alluded to this earlier um, in speaking about Jason Shelley's performance, your MVP, I think, for the season, the, the guy that deserves the season game ball is Troy Taylor, the offensive coordinator. I think he, he, he has absolutely year? Second, year. second year. Second year. And what he's done is just really found a way. What I love about the Utah offense, and let me just point this out quickly, is that I love the versatility. If you're trying to go up the middle, if you're trying to just pound it between the tackles, you know, old school smash mouth style, and it's not working, he'll just throw in a bunch of spread concepts. He'll attack the edges with Britton Covey, with Jalen Dixon, with um, uh, TJ Green, and some of these these speedy players. It makes it really hard. We're not we're not a one dimensional team. We don't attack just one area of the field. We can go all over the place, and it, it makes us tough to handle. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how Troy Taylor can can adjust and do things on the fly. Um, could be interesting though. I think if Utah's not careful, if they completely overlook this game again, you've got BYU went on the road, shocked Wisconsin back when Wisconsin still had playoff aspirations. They have enough on that team. You can't beat a team like Wisconsin on on the road without having you know some substantial talent. Tanner was your QB at that time, granted, but I, I don't know. I, I think Utah would, would be very um, wise to take this game very seriously, to continue the streak. I know that they value that. I know the seniors value that, but they can't overlook this. The thing I'm looking for as well that'll be interesting, how does a team play when they're on this high? They've 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 made history at the University of Utah. Their, their confidence has to be through the roof. Their energy must be through the roof. Um, how does that impact their play? Does it, does it impact it at all? I'm really, really curious to see. Which is uh, which is fascinating to me because would you have a trap game against your rivals? Like it, it's unheard of, but to your it's point, kind of what we're saying. You it, know, it's a the, very the prospect is there. Very interesting situation. I, I don't want to say it reminds me of this, but it, what, you talking about that makes me think back to the bowl game where BYU played Utah. You remember that in the Vegas bowl? Oh yeah, and it was like Utah was like really. Uh-huh. You know, it was a letdown for them, and they they went out. How many points they score in that first? I think quarter? it was thirty five or thirty five. It, it was unbelievable. And then, but then didn't score again. But didn't score again, and. and essentially had to hold on for dear life. Yeah. All right, next segment, let's shift over to the National Football League. Uh, interesting season this year. NFL's got some got some duds uh, some teams. <laughs> yeah. We're going to break that down. But they've also got a, a couple of teams, three teams really, that are the cream of the crop. So um, anyway, we're excited to welcome in Chanda. Chanda, hey. welcome back. It's been a while. I know. 
Hello. How are you? What's Amanda? up, guys? What's up? Our resident Texan here. Uh, absolutely. We, we're we're going to talk cowboys in a second. Can you can you humor us for a second? Yeah, let's well, talk now. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> cowboys aren't one of those. They're in neither of those groups. I said they're they're not a dud and they're not cream of the crop. So, yeah. um, for the duds, Raiders, Cardinals. We referenced this earlier. Right. Uh, both of our teams. Raiders go into State Farm Field in Glendale, Arizona. We were talking. I was making all sorts of guarantees. I think John Gruden was guaranteeing a loss, too. They're really trying <laughs> to go for really that number lost. one pick. Yes. And what happens? They kick a field goal with two seconds left. Uh, unbelievable. Daniel Carson, Carlson wins it for the Raiders. Yeah. And uh, I think our fourth kicker we've had this year. Yeah. I'm not okay. kidding. I, you know, the Raiders this year aren't a team so much as just a flea market or a swap meet, basically. We're just, <laughs> everything's on sale. You want to come in, buy desks. I'll bet John Gruden would sell his shirt. I'll bet, um, you know what I mean? Like memorabilia, what, like whatever you want, it's on sale. And then they're going to burn that building down, apparently, because it's, it's gotten ridiculous. And um, I'm sorry to say, my friend, that makes it all the worse that we beat your Cardinals. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Arizona Cardinals. I'm like, come on, at least we're going to get a, a win on the home field. And Josh Rosen looked good. He looked terrible, all in the same game. Um, yeah. Stat line, this is what I wanted to bring up. So uh, Josh Rosen, three TDs, two interceptions, nine of 20 for 136 yards. Meh. Yeah. Very, very pedestrian-like uh, pedestrian. uh, stat line there. Um, Derek... Car two touchdowns, nineteen for thirty one, one hundred and ninety two yards. A little yeah. bit better. Um, again, no no picks, but both yeah. of them not not great. Dink and dunk, not very yeah, not very impressive. I dropped him from my fantasy team a few weeks back. Who Derek Carr? Yeah. yeah. Well, why did you have him in the first you. place? Uh, well, everybody else got taken. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So you compare that game again, Raiders yeah. Cardinals. You referenced it as the toilet bowl, and that truly is what it is. Yeah. It's um, the worst. You, you compare that to the game last night. Did you guys see this? Uh, Chiefs and Rams. Highest scoring, unbelievable Monday night performance. Uh, what, what was it, 106 so, Something points. like that. I think they won by by four is what it ended up. But, but listen to this stat line. Patrick Mahomes, who I agree, you've referenced this in the past, we thought ah, maybe he was uh, maybe a little overrated. 33 nice. of 46 um, in his passes, 478 yards, six touchdowns. Unbelievable. The, the killer, though, for him was the three interceptions. Yeah. Um, there was one. Uh, a pick six and they ran in mm. um, and he tried to tackle him the guy just plowed over him and the defensive gods were qu- weeping from the skies that day I mean like goodbye but NFL there were defense. three defensive touchdowns which is but bizarre. Good point. Good point. But yeah, I mean that's that's a just because a they're flinging it everywhere and the ball's just constantly in the air, you know. Absolutely. Jared Goff, another guy who we felt the Rams yeah. reached in that draft Absolutely. were like they gave away way too much. Looking really good. 31 of 49, 413 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Kudos to Jared Goff. Kudos, they Jared. get it done. Well done. Um, the other team, so Chiefs and Rams, clearly the cream of the crop. Um, that was a game where you just felt like who's going to have the ball at the very end. Yeah. Whoever did yeah. was going to score and lived up win. to its billing. Could be the Super Bowl preview. Yeah, right? that'd be really, kind of cool. Yeah, it, it could be. The other team I think you got to throw in the mix is the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, playing really well. They they really uh, cleaned house against Philadelphia this weekend. Yeah. Um, so anyway, those are the three that are. Uh, I think you'd be wise to keep an eye on. Uh, make some Agreed. place some money on uh, going to the Super Bowl. Um, but Chanda, 
Let's talk cowboys. Like how about them cowboys? Cowboys. They're week by week. They are week by week. What do you think of the season so far? Uh, It's been a roller coaster. It literally has been week by week, and you know, but I love them no matter what. So So they're hosting a Thanksgiving game, as is tradition. Always, yes. So um, take us back as a cowboy fan. I assume you build your Thanksgiving around the game, correct? Can I tell you a little story? Tell us a little story. Let me tell you a little story. Guys and gals on the sideline. I'm not even. I'm in the stands. I'm a girl in the stands. Um, When I was a little kid, I mean, yes, Thanksgiving, we're at my great grandma's house and everybody's, you know, watching the game and and eating turkey and everything else going on. The dinner was was you sit in the living room. You're not at the table. We're watching football and everybody would be yelling and screaming. And I would be so annoyed by that. This is when I was young, young. And I would go in front of the TV, put my hands over my ears and scream back at everybody because they were (laughs) screaming such a noise so loud. And now I'm the loudest one. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. It's a good story. It's time, times have changed. So. Times have changed. Yes. So they're hosting the Washington Redskins, which yes. we, we have to have, take a moment of silence. Oh, Should we do that? For, Alex Smith's for, ankle. Oh, my no. word. That was. What's left of it? 33 years mm-hmm. to the day from, uh, what's his name? That's Joe Theismann's. Joe Theismann's uh, injury. Leg snapping. And it was, it was similar. Did you uh, actually like, see it in slow-mo, though? Which one? Alex Smith? Oh, no, Alex, yeah. 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 I mean, brutal. Oh, like, didn't awful. want to watch it, but couldn't look away. Either. Oh, yeah. It just, whenever it's dangling and facing every mm-hmm. wrong direction possible, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's bad. Poor, got to feel, he's, he's my Utah guy. He's a Utah yeah. man. Um, good guy. Good, good, good man. This, that's probably it for his career. Yeah. Do you feel bad if you're the guy who did it, though? I always wonder about I'm that. I'm sure they do, yeah. but it's like not that kind of guilt thing. It's like the guy's just making a tackle. Yeah, it's and kind of a freak the way, the way he came down, it wasn't like the defender was, I didn't think, was doing anything dirty. But it's no. just, but you know, those guys on their field, they, they hear that pop. They hear the sound, oh, yeah. and they you can tell, you'll, they'll go, whoa, they yeah. know something happened. Pr- pr- pretty gross. So, so Alex yeah. Smith is not in the lineup for the Redskins. Who's starting quarterback this weekend? My boy Colt McC- Colt McCoy oh. from University of Texas. Yes. Hook him horns. Hook him horns. So I believe he came to um, Dallas a couple years ago, right, a- yep. as a backup? Yep, RG3 uh, was And down. led the Redskins to, to, a victory. to a victory. At home in Dallas. His family was there because he's an Austin boy. So he, you know, everybody was there. And I love Colt. And it was hard because, like, you want to root for him because it was, like, his first chance to really show what he's got because he is a great quarterback. And But he was beating the Cowboys at the same time. So it was a little, you know, bittersweet thing. It's like, good job, but don't do that great. Don't, don't do that <laughs> yeah. Cowboys, so now, so. yeah, we have to worry about that again. And this is a big game, Thanksgiving. It's always fun when we play the Redskins on Thanksgiving. And uh, I, I, I'm excited to see Colt, and I'm, I'm sad that he's still a backup quarterback this, you know, far into his professional career. But I hope he does well. I just don't want him to win. Just, just don't want him to beat the <laughs> yeah. Cowboys. So let me ask a prediction question for uh, the three of us to answer here. Is this Jason Garrett's last Thanksgiving <laughs> game as a Dallas Cowboys no, coach? No, I don't think so. You don't think so? I, don't, I think Jerry's going to ride this horse into mm-hmm. the sunset, man. I, I don't – I just I just get this feeling that he's just like I, – I, and look, we know – we know Jerry. Like we know he he's an egotistical guy. He wants to prove that Jason can do. I think that it's like he's got his eggs in this basket. I think he's got too much pride now to go. Nah, didn't work out. And I, do I think that a lot of what goes on with that team is, is Jason's fault? I don't know. But I just I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. If you know what, here's the thing. Jason Garrett has become. Tony Romo in the sense oh, of we totally. hate him and we love him and mm-hmm. it is a week by week, sometimes day by day thing. <laughs> he has become that guy. Totally. We we all want to just like 
you know, burn them on fire, like just you know, watch it and, you know, have yeah. fun with it. But at the same time, when we went, they were like, good job. And then we're the ones who are clapping. For yeah, it. no, I hear you. Okay, Absolutely. next segment. Stick around for this, uh, Chanda. I don't know if you heard this last week, but we've introduced something that I'm super excited about. It's called the George Costanza Do the Opposite. Chris, will you set the table for us? Remind me of the yeah. episode. So basically, it's the episode where George, um, having failed at most everything in his life, decides that maybe his instincts have been leading him astray. And so he comes up with a fairly ingenious solution and just says, I'm going to do the exact opposite of every initial thought that I have. And for a minute there, really starts to get things turned around um, openly and proudly declares to the first woman he sees that he's unemployed and has no real prospects and immediately picks that girl right up. So um, this is this kind of thing where we're going to take our sports intuition and then just stoutly deny it and say, let's go against the grain here. Do, do the opposite. Let's have a quick listen. Every instinct I have in every aspect of life, be it something to wear, something to eat, it's often wrong. My name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. Okay, George Costanza. He is the man, no question. So, anyway, let's uh, look at our NFL matchups and uh, maybe make a prediction. Uh, go against the grain. A, a game that you think um, would go one way, and let's uh, let's hear the opposite. So, I don't know if you want to take uh, Thanksgiving game. If you want to take a Sunday um, matchup. You who, who do you that, like, Chanda? Well, obviously, Cowboys and Redskins. But that that that's rough. I mean, just a winner? Or a whole outcome. Well, I, yeah, I, I'm saying of the game. Mm-hmm. So you'd look at New England at New York Jets. Jets are playing terrible. You would normally pick New England, but what I'm saying here is, all right, maybe the Jets go George Costanza. So here's what I'm going to say. I would normally say Dallas over Redskins. Mm. One because I love them and I have faith in them. Two because you know Redskins are playing their backup quarterback. So my opposite is going to be Redskins are going to win, and that breaks my heart to say that. Okay, there you go. Chris, you got one? Solid pick. I'm going to go with Atlanta topping New Orleans. I, I was I looking at that one. Interesting. I think it's, it's a short week, right? Uh-huh. You had, um, you know, Atlanta played a tough, down to the wire game. They're mad. They're frustrated. They're, it, this is their season, so it's a little kind of mini midseason Super Bowl upset alert. I would watch for Atlanta on that one. Okay, and I think I'm going to take the Jets, as I referenced earlier. Patriots should come in, heavy favorite. Uh, but I, th- I think the Jets are going to rise up. Weather could play a factor. Yeah. Obviously, that doesn't stop Tom usually, but could never could, know. could play a factor. So those are George Costanza do the opposite. And if I may take credit. I was going to say, well, I who did you Broncos. pick? Broncos over the Chargers. Yeah, I did, and lo and behold, I just, look, it's one of those things that sometimes you just think, yeah, I know everybody thinks that this is, now this isn't exactly what we're saying. My intuition was kind of telling me, oh, maybe. Maybe Denver could get this yeah. one. And uh, lo and behold, they did. Yeah, we referenced this um, the other week, but I just have to say as my second favorite team, am I allowed to do this? My team is down and out, and I want to participate. Sure. So my second favorite team, one that I'm following and kind of secretly rooting for, Chicago Bears. The Bears. The Bears, Mitch Trubisky, looking good. They, they look pretty good. Khalil Mack, all he does is destroy worlds and win games by himself. And uh, great job, Raiders, trading him away. So I toured Soldier Field a couple years back. It's four years ago, uh, actually, to the day. And just Looks like a cool. Stadium. It was awesome. Very, very cool. And just thought, you know, the Bears, and they've they've been bad for so long, but they're they're turning that thing around. Yeah, but they were in the Super Bowl not too long ago yeah. with Lovey, things like yeah. that. So they're they're not the worst franchise out there. Let me just note this, since we talked about 
about sports karma today, I will say this. If you're going to take a second team, it will cost you in sports karma. <laughs> it will cost you. Just want to look. Well, Put that right. off there. Sports karma Whoop. does not like that. Let's go back. If you had a second team, Chris, now that you've Oh, see, I can't do that. it. I don't want to. Janet, I'm not you have a second team? Sports karma. Um, no. <laughs> Okay, well, See, there, you, there college, you go. College, maybe, but not NFL. No, not in NFL. No. Another one. So I'm going to have are, three then. If you guys aren't going to take two, I'm going to take three. I'm going to say <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs. I love Andy Reid. Yeah. Good absolutely. coach, good guy. Absolutely. Uh, I know that's a bandwagon pick at the sure. moment, but it's but like, it's like that's, the Cubs. I think when yeah. there's a team that's a franchise that's been up against it for long enough, you get a little bit of a, a wild card there um, that you can at least be happy for them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, good stuff. Okay, um, let's shift over to the NBA. Let's talk a little bit of uh, jazz. Chanda, you want to stay with us for a minute? Mm, yeah, no, I'm out. See ya. <laughs> Bye, Chanda. I, 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 I'm a girl Today? in the stands, but only if it's football. I, I don't do basketball. All right. Y'all All have right. fun with All that. Right. Okay. Uh, but, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to Thanks, seeing you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into the NBA, the Utah Jazz. I tell you, one night they are out there beating the NBA's best. The next, they're struggling to even score a basket in the second half. Chris, what's going on? I, I can't understand it, man. It's it's one of those things that's sports is just funny that way. Um, I don't think that I don't think that the Jazz are in crisis mode. It's not like tear it down, you know, sell all the parts. I think if you're going to struggle a bit, it's always best to do that at the beginning of the season. People yeah. thought that the Boston Celtics would be world beaters. Their their record is one or two games better than ours, and that'll all wash out. I think it's just more we expected real consistency from this team and we've seen anything but Donovan Mitchell's out there looking like the true all-star looking like he's making great progress against the Celtics he's putting up great stats being efficient and then two nights later I think he put up six points against the Pacers now they have different game plans I know Quinn's trying to use him in different ways trying to, to give teams different looks but it's just baffling and I just don't know that it serves our purpose as well to try to throw something new at opposing teams all the time and I'm just beginning to wonder dude where's my defense I mean where has that gone you're giving up 126 points to the Pacers and not like they were shooting totally lights out no. I think that their percentage is like 54 or something yeah. like that so I, I don't get it yeah it's very, it's very interesting. So um, I agree with you. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. I actually want to uh, throw this song out there for Jazz Nation and for the Utah Jazz. Here's my little tribute. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And nobody's got to worry about nothing. Don't go hitting that panic button. It ain't near as bad as you think. So anyways, hang in there, Jazz. Things will be all right. But uh, but you do look at, uh, you know, the West. We're in uh, 20 games almost, and uh, the Jazz are outside of the playoff picture looking in. They're beneath Houston. Sacramento's got a better record, San Antonio. So they're only above three teams. Chris, I think we were talking um, second, third, fourth place in the West. Um Bit now, of a reach there. Or if what, you, what if you you'll think? remember, I was I put them at fifth. I, I said that they would come come in lower okay. um, because I, I felt like there was they were a little bit overhyped. Now this season, you know, I, are all these teams going to hang in there? I I can see the LA Clippers regressing a bit. I can see them dropping a bit. Is Portland really going to finish the season number one? I doubt it. Wouldn't think so. Uh, Memphis, yeah, doing well right now. But look, their record is what they're they're three games ahead of where we're at about or four games. Yeah. Now it's that's 
it's a lot, and you can't let it get out of hand, but it's not insurmountable, and I don't know that their records have been uh, nearly as, as difficult as ours to this point. You know, looking at some of the kind of the individual lines on this stat sheet, look at this, opposing uh, points per game for the Utah Jazz, we're looking at about 108.5. We'll look at some of the teams ahead of us, 115.4 for the Lakers. 116 you know, that, for 116 New Orleans. 116 for New Orleans, you know, um, 110.4 for the Warriors, 112 for the Clippers. Look, some of this is going to come up and, and bite them. It's going to come back and catch up with them. And then, you know, points four for us, that's where we're really hurting the most. 106 per game. That's one of the lowest in the entire Western Conference. I think that's, you know, there, there's some things we got to work out here, but I really think things will kind of shift. They'll, they, we'll, we'll win some games in January. I just, but it's it kind of does go a little bit deeper. Again, I, I'm not saying we're in crisis mode. I'm not saying break it up and sell it, but I said from the jump, I'm interested to see how Derek Favors plays. I'm interested to see how some of those role players kind of fit in. Rubio's been wildly inconsistent. Donovan's been wildly inconsistent. Can they find consistency? Can they find themselves? What's it going to take? I don't know at this point. Yeah, that, that's the key. I think they're on the road right now. You know, they're on their their East Coast trip. And so, okay, if you if you win two and lose three, you take that, sure. right? Or oh, even one certainly. or four. I think when they get back home, though, they've got to fire up the Viv. They've got to yes. be consistent at home. Yes. It's a tough arena to play. They really have got to make sure that they don't lose. Uh, and this concerns me a little bit about the Jazz. I mean, that, again, as I referenced, they will be the NBA's best, and then they'll struggle with Dallas or the Kings or the Suns. Not just the struggle with Dallas. I mean, not show up at Dallas. Yeah. And so I think that there's something going on there. I, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, Quinn even said after the game that they stopped competing. I just, I don't know. Are they gearing up for more of a second half of the year type push? Are they understanding that Look, they knew that if they could kind of get out of this really brutal initial schedule in the season, close to 500 or in that range, that's where they wanted to be. Are they going to kind of turn on the Jets in the second half? I'm not saying that's like they're sitting around there talking about that, but I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, again, I don't think it's panic time, but no. they they gotta they gotta iron some things out, and they gotta be more consistent. And certainly at home for them to be able to sustain a run. Well, let me just say too, um, uh, you know, just to give another gratuitous plug for my Utes. Um, this season started bad, and my only solace at that time was to say, look. In recent history, a lot of teams that have started out poorly, Stanford a couple of years ago in the Pac-12, um, you know, USC in the Pac-12, put on a huge late season push, found their identity, grew from the adversity and, and bounced back. That was certainly the case with the Utes this year, dropped their first two conference games where the backs were against the wall, then explode against Stanford, go on a great four-game run, get snake-bitten a little bit at ASU, but then finish the, the year strong and end up winning their first conference title. So... I just witnessed this happen. I've just seen it happen. Sometimes early season struggles can be a weird kind of mixed blessing. And I think they can be a time for reflection and maybe the Donovans of the world. I think he's a hard worker. Yeah. But hey, sometimes it's okay to get smacked in the mouth a little bit. Yeah. Realize that people are going to key in on you. They're going to learn your tendencies. You cannot stand still. You've really got to work on your craft. And look, I don't think that they were going to... I know that I went out there and made this stupid, silly prediction that they'd go to the finals this year. I'm wavering a lot in that yeah, right now. Don't, don't give up on can't, that. Yeah, it's a long season. Can't back off of it. But I just mean to say, I note, note that I didn't predict them to win the championship. I don't necessarily know to, they're to that point yet. I think that the Warriors, the wheels are wobbling 
on that Warriors train right now. I think they have much more cause for concern. It's chemistry issues. It's oh, personalities. KD versus Draymond. KD versus Draymond. Get Draymond off the team. That guy is a clown. Uh, he's a clown, man. And I think KD could end up bolting for the Lakers or someone next year and restore at least some semblance of balance in the league. New York. See what could happen. New York or D.C. I think is where I he's headed. So. I think he's headed out east. I doubt it. Yeah, if he goes and takes New York Knicks, gets them relevant but who wants again? to play there? They're the worst franchise yeah, in the world. Well, he doesn't yeah. want to go back out there. He still wants to win rings, but I don't think that – I really don't think he's going out east. New York, Chris, you can disagree uh, with me all you want. but I don't think you know, so. You, you've got the Jazz in the finals, so what does that say? <laughs> I do have to have one shout-out, though. Did you see the play? The play, I'm going to call it of the year, um, against the Celtics. Gordon Hayward. This is in Boston, so last this past week. Gordon Hayward taking it down. Going for the layup. Donovan chases him down. Out of Gets nowhere. The SWAT. Beautiful thing. Erupts they go back the, the other way and hand it to your boy, Derek Favors, for the two-hand flush. Unbelievable. Wonderful. Look, you know, it's funny. Moments like that, you sit there and go, you know, and the Jazz were winning that game by 20 points at a stretch. It's, it's, that's why they're so hard to predict. You don't know what you're going to get. Should have won the previous night in Philadelphia. Um, but, yeah, beautiful moment. Just the Gordon Hayward just avalanche of retribution continues. Now, final lesson. Final lesson of the day on Sports Karma. Let's hear it. Right now, we are just we're getting paid some some Gordon Hay- Gordon Hayward Schadenfreude. It's like dividends. It's like okay, you're not going to get out to the hottest start, Jazz fans, but take heart. You're going to sweep the series against Gordon. You're going to make him look silly in the process. You're going to beat him both ends of the floor. Your star is going to score on him at home. He's going to block his shot on the road. They're going to show them up. There's your consolation prize right now. But take heart. I think some of these other struggles and issues hopefully will get ironed out. Second half of the season. I think that we'll play a little bit better. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. All right, real quickly, let's uh, throw it out to our legal disclaimer. Our legal team makes sure that we get this out there. So we've made some bold predictions. So uh, take a listen. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time. All right, Chris, I feel like you're bringing our number down. We could be at 100%. I think you were picking Raiders. I was picking Arizona. That probably uh, tanks that number just, just a little bit. All right, as we go out the door today, um, Scrubs Reunion. Scrubs, the great show. Zach Braff, others. John Dorian. J.D., J. Dizzle. Anyway, they had a reunion over the weekend. Um, I don't know if you caught Turned that at all. I did not. First time uh, they got the gang back together. Unbelievable that this show was... Uh, uh, anyway, I can't believe how lo- hey, long ago this was. It was a real... It was like just yesterday. You know, it, it kind of came in that interesting in-between space. Bet- I, I believe it debuted a little ways before The Office, did it not? Yeah. Yep. And so it kind of defined that kind of like, you know, late... 2000s kind of era where it was kind of like that was kind of like the big hip show you know what I mean for a time there and um, you know I I I think the tr- the show kind of went downhill a bit in the later seasons, but I think those first few, the first two, three, are classics, man. Great. The show had a lot of heart. You know, had great messages. Good great, music. Great music. Um, it was really known for that, and, and to this day, you'll still go back, listen, and, and love those tracks. So big shout-out to Scrubs, man. A classic yeah, show. Guys on the sidelines saluting Scrubs in the cast. And, great, and, great stuff. And let us never forget um, Turk's uh, taxidermy dog that he <laughs> had in his house. What was his name? Rowdy? Yeah. Uh, 
Rowdy. I believe it's uh, Rowdy. And and then I have to, cannot, I would be so remiss without calling out my absolute favorite character in the show, John C. McGinley's character uh, is absolutely Coxie. the best. Coxie. Dr. He, Cox. Dr. Cox. He is absolutely the best. One of my all-time favorite ep- episodes, because it also was resonant and, and emotional, is that one where you know he goes through these cycles where he becomes really depressed and he'll stay home and he has to then kind of bounce back and JD gets all worried about him. But it, it's really, it's a great episode to go watch if you don't know the show. They were able to to bring real issues to the table and deal with them, but bring humor to them and humanity. And I think the show might be a little overlooked for that kind of thing. I think that it actually holds up well and uh, it deals a lot with life and death and dif- difficult issues and things like that. But, you know, helps you find ways to laugh. And it's a really good show that way. Great, really good. great show. That episode, I think, is that the one where he killed four guys, right? The, the um, They did a transplant and uh, had rabies and it ended up killing four or five people. Uh, anyway, let's have a little tribute to check out these Scrubs highlights. Yes, my lady. So? You feeling all like... <laughs> that depends, does it? <laughs> mean confused and incredibly annoyed? Come on, man. It's our last week together. The JD and Cox train is pulling into the station. You must have a metaphor you want to use? Hit me with it? <laughs> I suppose I could riff a list of things that I care as little about as our last week together. Let me see. Uh, Low-carb diets. Michael Moore. The Republican National Convention... Kabbalah and all Kabbalah-related products. High-def TV, the Bush Daughters, wireless hotspots, the OC, the UN, recycling, getting punked, Danny Gans, the Latin Grammys, the real Grammys, Jeff, that wiggle who sleeps too darn much, the Yankees payroll, all the red states, all the blue states, every hybrid car, every talk show host, everything on the planet, everything in the solar system, everything, 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 everything that exists. Past, present, future, and all discovered and undiscovered dimensions. And Hugh Jackman. Even though it sucks being paged by an intern, there's nothing I like more than riding my scooter Sasha through puddles after a rain. And here comes a big one. You're not aware of any sort of odd underground canal system beneath the hospital, are you? I think I saw a manatee. Was his name Julian? We didn't exchange pleasantries. That's Julian. Okay, that's a wrap for episode seven. Thank you, audience, for joining um, all of you. I think we're up to like five or six. We'll take that. We're doubling, Chris. We're that's doubling. why we can say that we're the fastest growing. The thing, I, I want to issue a challenge, if I may. I'm going to spring this on you because you didn't know I was going to do please it. Please do. I want to issue a challenge. I want a little feature where we call idiots in the nosebleeds. And I want people who've been to games recently, sitting up in the stands, write down a comment on this podcast and in future com- podcasts. What are the most hilarious things you're, you're hearing being hurled down toward the court or the the stadium floor, wherever you happen to be. The nosebleeds are the best place for surly, committed, dyed-in-the-wool fans. Those are where the real fans are. Real fans are up there, and I tell you what, it's a great place to be. Give us the things you're overhearing because they're hilarious and amazing. Okay, signing off. Bye-bye. Later. Go Utes. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time. (laughs) 